Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com slash essential. That's E-P-I-C-O-R dot com slash essential. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business success, build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Welcome to the Boost Podcast. This is Kelly Leonard. Thank you for joining us. On this episode of our podcast, we'll feature Marissa Levin. Marissa is the managing partner at Successful Culture International. You'll be joining us in a conversation that we had at Montgomery Community Media's Small Business Network, where Melissa's topic was built to scale, how top companies create breakthrough growth through exceptional advisory boards. The element of boost that this conversation directly impacts is tap into new markets. We're going to talk about why you need advisors, what a board of advisors is, what the four phases of advisors are that people follow, the dangers of counting on your friends and family as advisors, okay? Even when they have your back, sometimes they don't, but even when they do, they may not be the people that are qualified to be giving you advice how you select your advisors, how you compensate them, how you integrate them into your company, regardless of what size your company is, how you can leverage your advisors, and how you evaluate and consistently evolve your advisors as you move to the next level. Because the people that get you from one point to another, from point A to point B, may not necessarily be the people that get you from point B to point C. So we always need to be looking around to see who we need around us as our business evolves and as we grow as people. So the first thing that I want to talk about is why we want to surround ourselves with advisors. So some of the reasons are surrounding ourselves with people who believe in our leadership, believe in us as as, as, uh, business owners and what we're doing, and they're going to provide unbiased advice. Unlike investors who have a vested interest in making sure you're doing what they say, Our hand-selected advisors are people who are only focused on making sure that you succeed. They don't really have a vested interest in it. They're able to provide expertise and accountability that you don't necessarily have. Um, And they give different different insights and points of view that you may not be seeing. Because as a business owner, you have blinders on. And you know that you're going in one direction. But there are a lot of things happening around us that we may not necessarily be paying attention to that can affect our business. And I will tell you from having almost 25 years of business growth and development experience and entrepreneurial experience, it doesn't matter how good your idea is, if you don't remain relevant in the marketplace, if something happens, you're going to go out of business. And in my first business, we pivoted seven times in response to market shifts. And we can even look at what's happening today in the market. You know, with the political environment, we had a new administration come in with different objectives, different goals, different agenda from the previous administration. And as a result, all of the funding shifted. 
right? So if you were a government contractor and a business owner who was very focused on civilian uh, initiatives like the environment, um, finance, um, anything that had to do with civic service, that's what the Democratic agenda was about. Those are the agencies that the Democratic administration funded. With the administration now, um, President Trump and his administration are focused on defense. They're focused on immigration, right? They're focused on bolstering our, our military. Very, very different financial obligations and, and objectives. And if you are in the government space, for example, and you were focused on civilian and you didn't have a plan to pivot and go where the money is, then you might find yourself in trouble, right? So that's a perfect example of being relevant in the marketplace, making sure you're paying attention to external forces that can impact your business growth. Doesn't matter how good your business idea is, if you're not relevant, if you're not following the money, you can go out of business. So we need advisors who shift in the market with us. So real quickly, what are some of the dangers of surrounding ourselves and relying on our friends and family to be advisors? Well, so this is a perfect example. So this is how my friends and family see me, right? They see me as super type A, aggressive, hyper, crazy. They think I'm running an empire. Not really happening, okay? They think I'm very super ambitious and a workaholic. But the truth is, is that I'm not that way. I am someone who is just relentlessly focused on my business, and so I focus on surrounding myself with people who that's how they, they want to get me from point A to point B. So how do we actually start building an advisory board? Well, the three things that we have to do is, number one, we have to ask for help. Number two, we have to examine what we have in place. And number three, we have to figure out what we need. So perhaps we need business plans. Perhaps we need smart ideas. Perhaps we need investment money. Perhaps we need help figuring out what our processes are. The first thing is to say, okay, it's okay to ask for help. And I realize that asking for help is a strength and it's not a weakness. So the scale model, which I'll talk about in the next few minutes, will teach you how to select, compensate, associate, leverage, and evaluate, evolve, and exit your advisors. So the first thing when you're selecting your advisors is you want to look at what I call the holes and the goals of your organization. You want to really understand where, what you're missing in your company, what expertise don't you have, and then where do you want to go. And when you look at your advisors, you want to make sure that you've got aligned value systems that you have an alignment in your risk, because if you select advisors that are very risk tolerant and you're in a risk aversive industry, that's gonna be a clash, right? You wanna look at people who have similar experience in similar industries so that they can guide you along the path of expertise and you're gonna avoid holes that you don't need to fall into. The second part of the scale model is to compensate. So how do we compensate our advisors? So there are three different ways there's monetary, there's non-monetary, and then there's equity and stock options. And a lot of small businesses say, well, I don't have any money to compensate my advisors. Advisory board members and, and just you know individual advisors, they're not doing this to make money. This is not a board of directors. They're doing it because they believe in you as a business owner and they want to help you, they want to stay relevant, and they want to pay it forward. They're not looking for a lot of money. They're looking for you to say, I'm going to put some skin in the game. I'm willing to, I'm able to give something. But the biggest payback for them is seeing that you're successful. So don't be intimidated by the fact that you can't pay advisors. There are so many people out there that want to help great business owners. They're not looking for you to pad their pockets. They're not using this as a career. They're looking to give back to other business owners. 
Um, they're in my book, um, Built to Scale. They, uh, here's the book, which um, you can get after the program. Um, I interviewed an attorney and a CPA expert and who is an equity expert, and he talks about how, if you want to give any equity in your company away, how you do that in a way that protects yourself. So there is a whole process for that, and that's described in the book. And then there are mon- non-monetary ways in which, like, I've had advisors on my board where they didn't want any compensation, but what they wanted me to do was help another nonprofit. So there are a lot of creative ways that you can compensate advisors that if you just think out of the box, it's not necessarily that you have to just pay them a lot of money. There's lots of ways to surround yourself with great people that want to help you. So how do you associate advisors into your company? Well, once you've gone through the rigorous selection process and you've figured out who you need according to your holes and your goals, there are ways in which you want to make it official. And in the back of my book, what I did is I assembled an appendix and all the templates that a business would need to actually build an advisory board, and everything is in there. And so I will email all those templates to you um, so that you have it and you know exactly what you have to do and what the documents are that you have to have advisors sign to integrate them into your company. When you do bring them into uh, your company, if you have employees, you want to make sure that you're communicating over and over again on why you're bringing advisors in because employees always are thinking, what's in it for me or how is this going to impact me? And so you want to make sure that you communicate very clearly on how an advisory team is going to actually move your company forward. And you do that with frequent communications and with a lot of transparency. There are lots of ways in which you can leverage your advisors that you are integrating, whether it's a formal advisory board or whether it's just you know an informal advisor. Um, some of the ways in which I was talking to some of the people outside earlier in the networking, um, one of the ways that we used our advisory board is we weren't sure if we should bring in our accounting function into our business or if I should outsource it because that wasn't a core competency and that's not my expertise. So one of my advisors actually ran an RFP process for me and for my, my executive team, and they evaluated different companies that provide that service, and they helped us select the best solution for my company. So that's one thing that we did. That's one way that we leveraged our advisor. Um, advisors are great ways to mentor your employees. So if you've got people in your company saying that you've got strong advisors around you, that is a really good recruitment and retention strategy because your employees are going to know that they have access to these great people that can bring in not just revenue, but great experience into your business. So that's another way in which you can leverage your advisors. Um, Advisory board members make great expansions to your BD team. I was talking to the group uh, out front earlier, and my advisory board at Information Experts resulted in several million dollars of sales that I never, ever would have gotten because my advisors were connected to people in the government that had opportunity I never would have met them. Now, obviously, we had to go in and we had to present and we had to you know, sell them on our capabilities, and then we had to deliver. But the bottom line is I never would have gotten in that door without the advisors around me. And I'll tell you that you know, I, I'm on my second business. I'm, I'm preparing to launch a third business, and I can't do what I do without my advisors. I mean, I speak to my advisors on a daily basis, daily basis, some of them, and You know, Friday's coming up. I have back-to-back meetings from 2 until 4 with two of my advisors, and we've got long agendas because I've got, you know, just like you, I've got big dreams, right? I have big plans. I want to make a mark. I want to make an impact. I can't do it by myself. 
right? So as much as I love to give and share my expertise, as much as I do that, equally I go out to the people that I need to learn from and I'm constantly reaching out for help. So it's a sign of strength. People ask me, what do you think one of the most important leadership traits is? I will tell you that the ability to ask for help being able to not worry about your ego. Oh, do I not look smart? Do I not look like I have it all together? People are going to wonder if I know what I'm doing. All of that is just negative, you know, a negative story that doesn't serve us. And we need to be able to put that aside and put it out there and say, I have this idea. I don't really know how to do it. Can someone help me? I don't understand this part of my business. Would you mind teaching me? That is one of the most important things that we can do as business owners and as leaders is to put it out there and ask for help, okay? So I, I just wanted to, you know, I'm a, I'm a walking, living example of that. Um, as, we, as we grow and our businesses grow, we have to constantly be thinking about who we need around us, right? Because if we're at a half a million and then we go to a million, then we go to five million, then we go to 10 million, 20 million, 50 million, whatever the trajectory is, along that continuum, what we need is going to change. It's totally gonna to change. The processes that we need at half a million dollars and the people we need are not going to be sufficient for when we hit that $5 million mark. They're just not. So we constantly need to be moving up market with our advisors and in our formal arrangements, what we've done and what I do for my clients when we assemble advisory boards because companies hire us to do that, we only do a one-year agreement with advisors. And then at the end of that year, we reevaluate and see, have they delivered what we've assigned them to do? And are they still the right person to get us to that next level? Because if you think about where you are in your life and you think about where you are in your business, if you just closed your eyes for a minute and you said, where was I a year ago? And you gave yourself that opportunity to just pause and reflect about all that you have accomplished in a year, you would be astounded, right? Astounded. Just think about that. Where were you in April 2016? Where were you in April 2015? Now, if you think about how far you have come personally, professionally, organizationally, the people that you need around you to keep going are very, very different. And we often don't pause to realize how much we've accomplished and how far we've come. And we need to do that as business owners. We need to honor ourselves. We're usually focused on what we haven't done and how much we haven't accomplished on our list and where we haven't gone. But we really need to honor ourselves and realize how much we've accomplished and how far we've come and who is around us to get us to that next level. So just think about that and know that as you are evolving, the people that you need around you also have to consistently evolve. And that has to be a strategic thought process that you have to get yourself surrounded by the right people. So when we um, surround ourselves with advisors and we find those people, we want to make sure that that is a successful relationship, right? And we own that. Like, we own the success of that relationship. It isn't just about saying, I found somebody, now I'm going to sit back and I'm going to wait for them to deliver. What can we do to make sure that we are successful in that relationship? So the first thing is that when advisors give us advice, we have to listen, right? We have to respect their input. They are investing their time. They're investing their mental energy. They believe in us. Are we listening to what they're saying? And when I work with leaders and CEOs and strategists, 
there are two things that are non-negotiable for me. The first thing is that I like them because I'm going to be investing my time and energy with them and I want to be able to believe in them. And the second thing is what I call, are they coachable? Are they actually open to change? Are they willing to do the hard things that need to be done or are they not ready to move forward? And I will tell you that advisors want to work with businesses that are ready to move forward, that are ready to do the difficult things, ready to examine the unexamined. Am I working with the right people? Do I have the right processes in place? Is there anyone in my organization that needs to be fired? Right? Those are hard questions, but those are things that we need to ask if we're going to move forward. So make sure that you respect your advisor's input. The second thing is when you do get together with them, and I have a whole strategy on holding effective meetings, we want to make sure that we have agenda-driven meetings. And just as a side note about meetings, even if you have a 15-minute meeting with somebody, that is a meeting that requires structure. Okay? It requires an agenda, it requires structure, and it requires an alignment of expectations. Okay? So even a 15-minute call, because I often do, I get a lot of requests for lunch and coffee and dinner and dessert and all, everything else. I can't possibly do that all day, every day, but I want to be there for the people that need help. So I'll do a 15-minute Skype call, but they have to give me their top three objectives of our time together. And if they have a business need, what is their one business need that they absolutely need to talk about? And we have to have a very structured agenda for our time together. And there has to be an alignment of expectations so that everybody, no one walks away disappointed. So make sure you hold agenda-driven uh, frequent meetings and make sure that you are reviewing your effectiveness against your objectives. So if you're bringing advisors together and they're all investing their time in you, you better have a plan to carry out what, what they're, wor they're working on with you, okay? Because time is money, time is valuable, and they could be helping someone else. So um, these are just three of the ways in which you can ensure success with your advisors. So the question is, as you think about bringing your advisors in, are you truly prepared to grow? Because what will happen is that your business will change. You will change as a business owner. Your business will change, your people will change, your customers will change. Everything's going to change because whenever we inject anything into an organization that's going to bring progress, progress doesn't happen without change. And change doesn't happen without progress. So they go together. It's like a yin and yang, and you've got to be prepared for it. And if you're ready, then go for it. But if you're not ready and you just want to stay where you are, then do that too. But know, honestly, where are you with your business and where are you with your mindset and are you really willing to do what you need to do to grow? So that was Marissa Levin of Successful Culture International. As I reflect on what she shared, what resonated most was the fact that asking for help is a strength. However, make sure that you're not relying on friends and family as advisors and the power of selecting, compensating, and evaluating an advisory board. Thank you for joining us on this episode of The Boost Podcast. For this and more information around how you can advance your business goals and boost your business success, visit our website, www.kellytleonard.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Epicor is the essential partner to the world's most essential businesses, offering ERP solutions built for growth and operational success. 
Explore the industry productivity solutions we curate for the automotive, building supply, distribution, manufacturing, and retail industries by visiting epicor.com essential. That's E-P-I-C-O-R dot essential. 